friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Thank you, Jack. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What a joy it is to worship. It's a beautiful day like today, friends. Welcome, whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time. Whether you are joining us through your television or computer at home or whether you are here in our sanctuary, it is a delight to welcome you. We are thrilled you are worshiping with us today. For those of you in the sanctuary, there's a red folder in your pew. We invite you to take that, note your presence with us, and pass it to your neighbors so they can do the same. And while you're doing that, I have just a couple of announcements I want to bring to your attention. The first two are in your bulletin, but I'm going to highlight them today. Next Sunday is World Communion Sunday, and we will be collecting our peace and global witness offering. Some of you may be wondering, we don't even do the offering anymore. What's going on? We are working on that, friends. If you are bringing an offering to church, you are always able to put it in the um, container that's in the communication center. That is how you're welcome to place it there, and the offering plates will be returning to our sanctuary in the coming weeks in some way. Please bear with us, and thank you, as always, for your continued generosity. But a particular note about that peace and global witness offering that's uh, written about in your bulletin. I hope you will give generously to that. In addition, we have a new members class. Our, we often do new members classes twice a year. It's time for our fall new members class beginning on October 10th. If you are interested in life and ministry and mission here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church, whether you are certain you want to join or just curious to learn more, more you are welcome to join us. Uh, you can email the church office or be in touch with me, and we will be happy to get you connected so that you can be a part of our family of faith here at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. One other announcement just to draw to your attention. Some of you may recall that uh, dear church member Dot Barker died in early July. A memorial service is going to be held in the sanctuary to honor her life on Monday, October 4th at 11 a.m. So a week from tomorrow, uh, you would be welcome to join us as we celebrate a wonderful life well lived. Friends, it is always a joy to worship our God but it is a particular joy to worship our God together. So as we join our voices in song today, in liturgy, let us remember the one to whom our lives belong. Let us worship God together. Thank you. 
Please stand and join me in our call to worship. Spirit of the living God, visit us again this day. Come, Holy Spirit, like a rushing wind that sweeps away all barriers. Come, Holy Spirit, like tongues of fire that set our hearts aflame. Come, Holy Spirit with love that overlaps the boundaries of race and nation. Come, Holy Spirit, with power from above to make our weakness strong. Come, Holy Spirit, let us worship God together. Friends, please continue to stand and join us singing hymn number 291. We will be singing verses 1, 3, and 4.
Scripture tells us that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and then we shall be witnesses to the Christ. Let us come before God, confessing sins and acknowledging other barriers that may prevent us from being fully open to receiving the Holy Spirit. Let us pray together the prayer of confession as found in your bulletin. Spirit of God, you are the breath of creation, the wind of change that blows through our lives, opening us up to new dreams and new hopes and new life in Jesus Christ. Forgive us our closed mind, which barricade themselves against new ideas, preferring the past to what you might want to do through us tomorrow. Forgive our closed eyes, which fail to see the needs of your world, blind to the opportunities of service and love. Forgive our closed hands, which clutch our gifts and our wealth for our own use alone. Forgive us our closed hearts, which limit our affections to ourselves and our own. Spirit of new life, forgive us and break down the prison walls of our selfishness, that we might be open to your love and open for service in your world through Jesus Christ our Lord. people of God, the spirit of God's truth has come upon creation and upon you. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved by the power of the Holy Spirit in whom we live and move and have our being. Let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You have been reconciled with Christ through repentance and confessing your sins. May you be at peace, and may the peace of Christ be with you. And let us repeat that using the sign language that we have been using. The peace of Christ be with you all and also with you. So please turn to one another and share the peace of Christ with one another. Peace of Christ be with you and also with you. And I would love to invite my young friends forward for our time for young disciples. Hello there. I know you. I know you. Well, perfect, because you all know, you know this prayer, so this is going to be perfect. I have a question. You all probably remember when we have done our breath prayer. Do you remember that? We go spirit in, self out, spirit in, self out, right? And when we do that, one of the beautiful gifts that that prayer gives to us 
is it can often make us feel safe and calm and held in God's care. But one of the things that I realized that we don't talk about as much with, with that prayer is that when we're praying that prayer, when we're praying spirit in, we're also praying that God's spirit would come dwell in our hearts, be in our hearts even more than it already is there. And that means that God's spirit might be at work in us. Did you know that? When we pray that prayer, spirit in, God's spirit might be at work in us. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, do you ever sometimes at school have times when you think, I could be really, this is something I could do that's kind for someone, or this is something I, someone is getting made fun of, and I could help, and I could tell someone to stop it, or I could show, help someone in the classroom with something that they were having trouble with and encourage them. Those are all ways that we're inviting God's Spirit to be at work in our hearts more. Because sometimes, even in our house, sometimes kindness is hard. Sometimes courage is hard. Sometimes there are things we don't want to do, but we know that we should because it will be a way we can care for someone else and love someone else. And the spirit that we pray in that prayer, spirit in, self out. We're praying that everything God's spirit can bring to us, more love, more courage, more faithfulness, more more love and grace for one another, we're praying all those things would come into us even more and that the things that we would otherwise do will flow out so that God's spirit is what dwells in our heart most. So we're going to offer our spirit prayer today, our spirit in, self out, remembering that it's a way to feel calm and a way to rest in God's presence, but also a way that we're inviting God's spirit to be at work in us even more every day. And that's really, really important. So we're going to offer that, but first we're going to have a prayer together. You all can repeat after me. God, we thank you for your spirit that gives us courage and helps us to love even when it's hard. Help us to open our hearts to be worked on by you. Amen. Spirit in, self out. Spirit in, self out. Amen. Thank you. You can go to music with Mr. Carpenter. Friends, as we prepare today for the hearing of Scripture, let us lift our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, and use us. By the power of your word this day, O oh God, may your spirit fall afresh on us. May the words read and proclaimed be yours alone. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Friends, our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts. Perhaps a familiar scripture text, but not one we typically hear in the fall. It is often uh, read at Pentecost, which usually is in May or June, 
But as you might recall, we have been remembering God's spirit, God's breath of life these past few weeks, that breath and spirit breathed into weary places and weary bones. And today we are reminded of the story of Pentecost when God's church took its first breath. I will be reading uh, verses 1 through 12 rather than verses 1 through 21. Let us listen for the word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound... A crowd gathered, and it was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia... Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them all speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'd heard about sliding rock long before I ever experienced it. As we sat on the front porch of my grandparents' house in the mountains of North Carolina, overlooking the street that was far below, I would listen to my mother describe how massive this rock really was. Imagine a natural water slide that goes from this porch where we are sitting all the way down to the road below. Well, my eyes grew as big as saucers as I imagined such a sight. Wow, really? And, and we can go down this slide? I was so excited. And one morning, we packed into my grandparents' station wagon, and we began to make the long, windy mountain trek to Sliding Rock, which was not kind to my stomach, but I was not going to let that get in the way. And when we arrived... It was just as my mother had described. A 60-foot mountain water slide that ended in an 8-foot deep pool of water. Nearly 11,000 gallons of water powering this natural wonder every minute. And I was about to ride this slide. I quickly traded my sneakers for a pair of hot pink water shoes and I went to go get in line. People were flying down the slide, laughing and screaming. I was so excited. And when my turn came, whew, I sat down in that chilly mountain water. I pushed myself off, and away I went, flying down the rock, the water flowing down around me. Squeals of delight were echoing from my tongue. I was nearly to the bottom. I plunged into the pool below, and... And suddenly my breath was gone. My squeals of delight, the air in my lungs, shocked away by the chilling, cold water. I could not breathe. Panic took over. Fear took over. I came to the surface, <gasps> gasping for air, the shock to my system. More than I ever even knew was possible. 
because it wasn't until after the fact that I learned the water at Sliding Rock rarely ever gets above 50 degrees. And it was a shock to my whole system. A moment of panic. The thrill of the rock took my breath literally away. And I got out of the freezing pool, and I went back and got back in line. But have you ever had a, an experience that took your breath away? I realize most of the time when we talk about something taking our breath away, it doesn't have quite the same panic that my experience had. Perhaps it was a surprise party you weren't expecting, or an incredible view at the summit of your long hike. Perhaps it was the first time you held your grandchild, or it was the beauty of a rainbow after a storm. All of these moments that have the power to take our breath away. But there are also plenty of moments that take our breath away that are filled with far more terror and panic. Certainly there are moments we choose like a roller coaster or sliding rock or in a haunted house, but there are also plenty we don't choose. A child runs in front of traffic and narrowly escapes. You're driving home in the dark and a deer runs right in front of your car. You have to slam on the brakes to avoid it. A call comes. Drop everything, get to the hospital. A moment of terror and panic as some change or some uncertainty sweeps through your life that catches you off guard. It's moments like these that have often made me question a quote that you've probably heard dozens of times. Life is not about the number of breaths you take, but about the moments that take your breath away. Maybe, but there are plenty of moments where I've had my breath taken away that I would rather forget. Moments that have left me panicked or frightened or desperately trying to breathe normally again. Well, here in the second chapter of Acts, a text we typically only hear at Pentecost each year, here the people of God have had their breath taken away by the very breath of God. Just prior to our text, Jesus has been crucified he appeared to his disciples after the resurrection a couple times already. He ascended into heaven, and he left the disciples only with the promise that John baptized you with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Well, as you might imagine, the disciples had no idea what that meant. This whole experience with Jesus had not exactly gone the way they had hoped or planned. And so as many of us might do when facing uncertain circumstances or crisis or an overwhelming number of uncontrollable events, they made a new plan. They figured, well, we can't control much, but we can control the number of disciples there are. Judas is out. We need someone new. And so they set to work to bring someone else aboard. Matthias joined the team once again. We're fully staffed. Whew, back to working order, ready to set out on a new plan. But as you might imagine, God's Spirit didn't care about any plans the disciples had laid. The day of Pentecost had come, and all of the disciples were together in one place. And as the scripture tells us, suddenly from heaven, a sound like the rush of a violent wind came upon them. A frightening sound, a mesmerizing sound, like the sound of a freight train coming through. And it filled the whole house where they were gathered. And I imagine many gasped with panic and fear what on earth was happening Divided tongues of fire rested on each of them as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of them began to speak in other languages. Well, all of this commotion, you've heard commotion down your block or on the neighborhood corner, all the commotion draws a great crowd. And the crowd was bewildered 
by what they saw. The word bewildered does not appear in Scripture very often. They were bewildered by what they saw, startled by what they heard, all holding their collective breath as they listened intently, uncertain if they could trust what their ears were hearing. It, wait a second, is, is that my native tongue? Are they speaking the language of my homeland? Aren't, aren't all these people Galileans? How is this possible? How can this happen? What does this mean? And as we've heard tell many times before, friends, the, from the diversity of that day, God spoke unity among them. The Spirit of God came rushing in with the force of a mighty wind, and through fire and wind, God's church took its very first gasping breath of life. Everyone heard of God's deeds of power in their own language. Everyone stood bewildered, astonished, and amazed. And if that kind of scene doesn't take your breath away, then I don't know what does. But it wasn't the kind of take-your-breath-away scene that leaves you with warm, fuzzy feelings of contentedness and peace. No, this kind of take-your-breath-away scene was the startling, frightening, strange, and confusing work of the Spirit of God. People didn't know what was happening. They weren't in control. They weren't prepared. Any plan they had was gone, but none of that mattered to the Spirit of God. What mattered to the Spirit of God was that the church... The first church was taking its first gasping breath of life. And God was doing a brand new thing. As the story of Pentecost reminds us each time we read it, God is really, really great at doing new things. That's always been true about God. And as long as God has made covenant with God's people, it's always been true that it's God's people who often aren't thrilled with the new things. They're the ones who get stuck and scared and bewildered about it all because new things can feel very unnerving. New things can be exhilarating, sure, but new things can also feel terribly frightening. They can cause us to feel out of control, startled by our circumstances, filled with panic, unable to breathe, because, my goodness, my goodness, do we like control. My goodness, do we like a plan or clarity. My goodness, do we like to know the temperature of the water before we find ourselves submerged in it. You all know I like this breath prayer that we've done so many times, spirit in, self out. You know my favorite prayer before preaching or before reading scripture is spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. And to be perfectly honest, as I said to my children today, I probably like them because they feel grounding to me. They feel thoughtful, peaceful, comforting. And yet if I think about these prayers long enough, and especially think about them in the context of Pentecost, well, frankly, I'm surprised one of you hasn't stood up at some point and said, What on earth are you doing, Pastor? Don't do it! Stop! Don't you realize what you're doing? You should be a lot more careful when you pray. <coughs> Spirit of God, fall afresh on us? Don't you realize how much power and chaos you're inviting in those prayers? That spirit can be terrifying. <coughs> I don't need a new thing from God. 
We don't need new things. I like the old things just fine. Or at the very least, I like things just the way they are. <coughs> Excuse me. I've wondered at times if someone might stand up and say, you know, Rachel, we don't need God getting all up in here messing everything up. So maybe let's just hold off on all the spirit prayers because Pentecost sounds pretty terrifying. But that's exactly what God did on that very first Pentecost day. God messed everything up. And because God messed everything up, the church was able to take its first gasping breath of life. God is always, always doing new things through us, within us, among us, and sometimes even in spite of us. And sometimes those new things can be beautiful and surprising and comforting and filled with peace, but plenty of other times, God's new things can be startling and terrifying and angering and shocking. A friend of mine became pastor to a fairly small suburban church about three years ago. She's probably the very best pastor I know, which is why it always surprised me when on the phone she would recount another painful story about longtime church member Martha Wright. At least that's what I'm calling her today. How Mrs. Wright grumbled about the new members program they were launching, or how every month there was something new that Mrs. Wright was making an appointment to complain about, the new banners in the sanctuary, or how much noise the children had started making during the prayer of confession. Bear in mind that church hadn't seen children in its pews for the better part of 20 years. But Martha Wright didn't like the pastor's plans to clean up the nursery. Nope, not one bit. She didn't like the pastor's plans, the session's plans to invite families from the neighborhood to join them for supper. Mrs. Wright didn't like the new hymns they were singing and was especially disturbed when the pastor read the Christmas story out of the NRSV instead of out of the King James Bible. Monday mornings would come around and in would march Mrs. Wright carrying her bulletin, red pen marks all through it, a small dissertation written in the margins about the Oxford comma and how it should be used. <clears throat> And this went on <clears throat> for the better part of two years. And then all of a sudden, one day, the complaints stopped. They vanished. Mrs. Wright was still in the pews. She still came to circle meetings. She still volunteered in the food pantry, but the complaints stopped. Months went by, not a peep. Concerned that perhaps Mrs. Wright was not well, my friend made an appointment to go check on her. And after some small talk, after some time went by, my friend bravely asked, Martha, can I ask you a question? Ever since I arrived, you've had some really strong feelings about the way I've been pastoring, about small changes the session has made here and there. But you haven't shared those with me in the last few months. Can I ask what's changed? And it got quiet. Well, Martha began, it's, it's, it's silly, really. One day, I was having tea with Betty. You know Betty. She's the only one who's been a member longer than I have. And while I was complaining about something at the church, and if you think you got an earful from me, Pastor, well, Betty got more. Anyway, I was complaining one day to Betty, and out of nowhere, and this is not like her, out of nowhere, she cut me off, 
And she yelled, for heaven's sake, Martha, enough! Enough! <coughs> Can't you see this church is growing? Can't you see it feels alive again? Can't you see it's not what it used to be? And that might be a good thing. Oh, I was spitting mad. Woo! I got up, I left immediately. I went home grumbling about how rude Betty had been because she had been very rude. But I made a deal with myself or I made a deal with God, I'm not sure which. But I would give it one week. One week I'll keep to myself and I won't say a word and I'll just try to watch and listen. And this is embarrassing, but I tried to see the church the way God might see it, rather than just how I might see it. And well, I still think the Christmas story should be read from the King James. But all the other things, well, I think I was wrong. And I'm sorry. There it was again. In the middle of Mrs. Wright's living room. Spirit of God filling each of them with the breath of new life, even as it took their breath away. Typically, we only celebrate <coughs> Pentecost once a year. But that same spirit, that same spirit that sustains the church and gives us courage and empowers us for God's work in the world, well, that same spirit is here moving through us and within us and among us and even in spite of us, whether it's Pentecost in May, or September, or January, or July. The Spirit of God is always with us, and always, always doing a new thing. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us continue moving with the Holy Spirit. Let us stand and sing hymn number 286, Breathe on Me, Breath of God.
Please remain standing and let us affirm our faith. In the bulletin, please join me through these words of the brief statement of faith, a confession of the Presbyterian Church USA. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ our Lord and Savior to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come Lord Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Let us come unto God in prayer offering up to God the thoughts of our hearts and our minds and asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit to spread these prayers far and wide. Let us pray. Almighty God, creator of the good earth, heaven, and sea, you are the breath of life to all humankind, the breath of life to all life. You are the Lord of all birth, life, death, and resurrection. Thanks be to God for my salvation. Give us quiet hearts even in the midst of troubles so that we may find times of gladness in our worship, play, and work. And give us your strength and power so that our lives may glorify you each day. God of all knowing and ever presence, we pray as the body of Christ for those who are suffering heavily today, the ones in our presence now grieving the loss of a beloved family member or friend. We pray for those people who are bearing overwhelming physical and mental burdens. We ask your presence to be with those who are ill, hungry, homeless, and anxious. God in Christ, Lord of Pentecost and tongues of fire, as we walk with you to the cross, be with us and grant us a pure heart that we may see you and grant us a loving heart that we may serve you 
Gracious Lord, open our hearts wide today, wider than ever before, to each other in this congregation and to the people outside of this house of worship. The whole of creation is yearning to see the fulfillment of your vision, the visions that you have proclaimed for your daughters and your sons who have been redeemed and called to serve. May we all be inspired to prophesy to the deeds of Jesus the Christ as we anxiously await the coming of your great and glorious day. God of forever and of now, hear us as we pray with confidence of Christ in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship by singing hymn number 280, Come, O Spirit, dwell among us.
My friends, God is always doing a new thing among us. It may be exciting and exhilarating. It may be painful and terrifying, but may we rest in the assurance that every new thing of God's is a good and beautiful gift from above. May we rest in that assurance and open ourselves to the work of God's Spirit in every part of our lives. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love, this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.